Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Fanboy Comics Podcast. I am your host, Clay, and it is 4 o'clock in the morning. I am insane. My eyes are literally trying to close as I speak, but we will try to get through this together. Now, I still don't know why I do this, but it is the only time it is quiet around my house. So, or in the morning. But recently, I've been doing renovations in my kitchen, and the people doing it are not so quiet. So now, you know, I'm back to my old ways. I used to do this a lot, you know, in the prior episodes, like really early on. And then I started doing it in the morning, and that felt really nice because I could actually sleep. And I drink a whole Monster Energy drink, and I'm trying to wash it down with water, and it's not working. And I, like, Monster can only work for so long for me. And then it just, like, the more I drink it, the more tired I get. I don't know. But um, this, of course, is the Shonen Jump Saturday show. And I think I'm going to need to start naming the actual episodes, the Shonen Jump Saturday show, along with whatever title that I put in. Because I realized if, like, for... Unfortunately, this episode won't have one because we we reviewed two chapters of Time Paradox Ghost Rider. But if you type in Time Paradox Ghost Rider review, like, I am the second or third uh, uh, podcast that comes up that reviews it, which is awesome. It, which I, I absolutely love that we are, you know, so high up in there. But uh, but I, I always talk about how this is the Shonen Jump Saturday show. And if you type in Shonen, up, Shonen Jump Saturday, it doesn't pop up anywhere. Uh, in the search, so I definitely need to start doing that. But we are here, and without uh, Time Paradox Ghost Rider, we are going to be talking about My Hero Academia, My Hero Vigilante, and Roroni Kenshin. Of course, we will get back to uh, My Hero, or sorry, Time Paradox Ghost Rider, and of course, eventually Dragon Ball Super when those chapters come out. Uh, Time Paradox comes out weekly, Super should be out within the next, like, two weeks i think so we will be waiting for that as well but um thank you for jumping on into this show if it is your first time please press that subscribe button and share the podcast um i'm really really enjoying talking about uh these mangas and you know i'm in a slack chat group with uh the get fresh crew over at weird science and you know we realize Marvel, we always have something bad to say. DC, we always have something bad to say. Manga, there's nothing really bad to say about it. I feel like there's always positive things coming out of every chapter. Now, there may be like one or two things where I'm like, I don't understand that. Or, okay, that was weird. But it's never like, oh, this was trash. You know, I I genuinely feel like there is always something positive out of mangas. And it's great. And that's why I love talking about it. Because... It always leaves me on a happy note. But with that, ow, my ear just like did this thing. I still have an ear infection. And before the other one could get any worse, because I started to feel that I was getting another infection in my other ear, um, I started using my prescription. And now I literally, on t- like underneath my headphones that I'm using right now, I have two cotton balls, uh, one cotton ball in each ear. And so like I'm muffled. And so I don't know if I'm yelling into the mic. So if I am... I'm sorry, but 
Let's go ahead and move on with the show. Of course, the next book we are going to be talking about, the first book we are going to be talking about is, of course, My Hero Academia chapters 213 to 217. Let's go and jump into that right now. All right. So, My Hero Academia. Uh, these chapters were very, very cool. I really, really enjoyed them. Um, of course, we are on the fifth battle with... Um, Deku with uh Oshako with um 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 uh Ashido and uh Mineta uh and they are fighting Shota uh they are fighting come on I, I can remember these names I promise I can uh Kodai and Yanagi Manoma and of course uh, Shinzo and you know last time uh, they had to brainwash Mido uh, Midoriya Deku uh, to get him to calm down because this like weird black stuff was coming out of his arm and he couldn't control it and he we left off with him inside of his own body type thing uh, talking to probably one of the predecessors of uh, one for all and so we're there at the very beginning of 213 and he says, pull yourself together because if, you, uh, if you do, most things will work out. And this is, you know, uh, uh, at this point, uh, Deku is like, okay, this is one of the predecessors. Like, they are living in one for all. They're not just like, it's not just an essence. They are legitimately alive and they're speaking to him. And uh, this guy is basically telling him like, hey... Like, this was my quirk. And basically telling him, like, uh, of course it would not load. Come on. What is wrong with you? Uh, basically telling him that, like, uh, it's his quirk and that it runs off of emotion. Uh, but he says here, uh understand this this quirk has also been building up in one for all it's bound to be way stronger than it was back in my day uh, and he says when you use this power out of anger it really starts working for you uh, it's what really matters is controlling your heart it's okay to get mad that rage can be a source but in the meantime you got to control it better and you know this is when he's about to uh, Deku gets you know woken up basically and the fight commences and it starts to turn into an like an all-out battle like everybody gets close in into close quarters uh Mineta and Ashido are very much uh uh you know in the battle as well and uh there's this really cool moment where Deku is able able to save Ochaku at the last minute uh, from the raps that uh, Shinzo is using uh, that were Aizawa's. I'm about to sneeze. I'm sorry if I sound weird. But uh, it's really funny in Chapter 214. Like, I will say this. 214 has an amazing opening, like, title card. Um, it shows... Uh, on the browser, it shows it in one full page. But on the app, it shows it in two pages. But it's a full color, like, fantasy world with all of them. 
and oh my god, it looks so good. Todoroki with like his two different sides looks awesome. Um, All Might looks good. Uh, Freaking uh, Momo looks good as well. Like, oh, so good. Deku looks awesome. Uh, uh, Freaking Bakugo just looks badass with that giant sword. Looks amazing. But uh, basically, there is a funny moment here. I believe it's in this one. Uh, uh, Mineta is using his quirk uh, to save Ashido from a... uh, from one of... uh, Shota's like impacts or whatever his uh what is it called uh uh twin impact and it's so funny because the plan all along was to put him in between the twin impact and his bouncy like uh, uh ball things that comes out of his head and to make him project himself into Ashido's boobs um just like Mineta would like honestly and she even says it she's like really even now like right now while we're in this like intense battle and so she's like you know what fine f this and she like grabs him and throws him as hard as he can as she can uh and it's a grape pinky combo Mineta bounce and so what ended up happening is Mineta put these balls all around the arena that they're fighting in. And so he uses them as trampolines and just like is going all around the arena, you know, getting, uh, getting hits off of everybody. It's awesome. Uh, but it becomes this like moment of, uh, what's his name? Uh, freaking, uh, Manoma. He is, his quirk is to steal other people's quirks and use, you know, use them whenever he wants and he is going to use a quirk and Deku immediately thinks it's one for all. And so he's like, oh crap, Manet- like Manoma is about to like lose his limbs. Like he is legit about to like pop his limbs off. Uh, but uh, Manoma says, dang it, it didn't activate. I drew a blank. And you're like, hmm, I wonder what that means. And so uh, Deku and uh, Shinzo, right? Yeah, Shinzo, uh, you know, getting close quarters again and starts to fight. And it kind of goes back into like a, a flashback of Shinzo and Aizawa training. And immediately Shinzo does really quick thinking, wraps these wraps around these pipes and starts to bring them down. And you're like, oh shit, you know, Deku's about to get crushed. And then he thinks back at what that one predecessor of all for, uh, one for all said. And he says, what really matters is controlling your heart. And so Deku gets like, takes a breath real quick. And these like black wraps come out of his arms, grabs some pipes immediately. And that's the end of chapter two fourteen. And you're like, Oh shit. Like, Oh shit. Like what's, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And he can't control it. This is just like how, uh, you know, one for all works in any setting. Um, he, you know, he it immediately does what all uh, one for all did when he first attempted 
in the very first, you know, training course when, you know, it kind of like attacked his body and he can't control it. And so he's like in his mind, he's like, okay, well, if I can't do that, then, you know, I'll just leave it to working at 8% as of right now. And even at 8%, he can do a lot. We've seen that. But Ochaku is able to uh, uh, to take down Manoma, puts him in the cell, and he kind of like tries to play like a mind trick on Ochaku. He's like, oh, you're wanting to know like what quirk I have. Well, I could tell you that I have this, and I could tell you that I have this. And you want to know how many quirks that I can take at once? Oh, well, you assume that it's this, but it's really this. And you assume this, but it's really this. And he's really trying to play mind games with her. And because one of the biggest things is that she, uh, Ochaku is afraid that Manoma may have control over Shinzo's brainwashing. And of course, if, she, if he did, he can't re- she couldn't respond to him because it would immediately be able to brainwash her. Because that's just how the quirk works. So here, um, you actually see Deku get hit out of nowhere. And it's because of the twin impact that Manoma actually took from uh, Shida, you know, a while back in the beginning of the fight. And we just didn't know it. And so he is able to get a hit off of Deku. And things get crazy real, real quick at this point. Uh, We see Deku really uh, go in for Shinzo. And then we also see Ochaku... Uh, be able to take out both um, uh, uh, Cody and uh, and Yanagi. And so you're like, oh, shit. Like, Ochaku has really been working hard, uh, you know, in her training. And then we also get to see Ashido take down uh, Shota. And, you know, for the... One of the last chapters here, uh, 216, uh, we see, uh, you know, they they won the fight. The Class A won the fight. And, you know, they start to talk it out. Like, okay, well, what happened? You know, what could, you know, they, they everybody immediately talks to Deku. Because, of course, Deku was in what seemed like legitimate trouble. And they talk about how both. Uh, Shinzo and Ochaku uh, really worked towards helping him and then at some point uh, Shinzo was like oh well I didn't really work to help him I was just wanting to really fight him and Aizawa kind of goes after him for it but at the same time um, he's new to the hero course so he hasn't had those that kind of training to to you know know better basically and Deku tells the truth without telling the truth as far as like what happened to him he says, I still don't know. I really don't know. The power welled up and I couldn't control it. It's like something I've been, I've believed in up until now, all of a sudden turned on me. It was truly terrifying. And, you know, in chapter 217, this is the last one we're going to be talking about as far as my hero. Um, you see Bakugo, Deku, and All Might training, and they're trying to trigger this new power that Deku has. And it's nice to see that Bakugo is now in the circle of, you know, this uh one for all. And, you know, they are in that little office where Deku and All Might usually are when they're sitting down and talking. 
and you know Bakugo seems really concerned and he's like okay well you know have you tried this have you tried this you know what does this mean if this happens and all this and you know it moves on to where they were in the training and Bakugo's like you know what if if it's not going to work then it's not going to work and this is boring so I'm going to leave and we see class A and class B all meeting up in the dorms of class A and you know they're all having fun uh there's a there's a small little panel with everybody in it it's really really funny because uh, we see Ashida uh tying up uh Mineta and like making him watch stuff so it's probably like forcing him to like basically stop being a perv basically and we see a glimpse that Todoroki is reaching out to his father to learn more about uh, Flash Fire, which is really, really cool. And uh, Aizawa has brought Eerie to UA. And they also brought Monoma to talk to her uh, because of his quirk on how to copy a quirk. And the reason being is Aizawa wants to copy Eerie's quirk and then show Eerie how to use it. But Monoma actually like explains uh, he can absorb blank quirks sometimes. And he says, uh, she's the same type as you with the type of quirk that has, this, has to store something up. My power only copies the bare bones essence of a quirk. But if the copied ability needs to convert some stockpiled resource into energy, then I won't be able to replicate whatever is accumulated. It's an issue I run into now and then, and the reason why I couldn't manifest your super strength even after copying it. And that is very interesting. That is very, very interesting. Um, and it kind of turns this thing, like, eerie immediately. God, I love eerie. I love, love eerie. She is so cute and adorable. Um, but she immediately starts to apologize, and she's like, I'm so sorry. Uh, my my power just makes trouble for everybody. I wish I never had the power. And Deku's like, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. It's not all trouble. And he's like, didn't you forget something? Your power saved me. And it's how you use it. And he gives the example of a knife. A knife can be dangerous. But if used correctly, it could make like good food. And so she's like, oh, okay. And uh, she's like, well, then I'll keep trying. And, you know, that motivates Deku to be like, yeah, well, I'm going to keep trying to, you know, learn my new powers. And it's just like a real feel-good moment right here. Um, just the cuteness of Eerie and, you know, learning more uh, through these kids of UA. Like, r really, really nice stuff. Um, but uh, that's it for My Hero Academia. We are going to go ahead and jump into My Hero uh, Vigilante. Um, cool stuff happened there as well. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump right into that. All right. So My Hero Academia Vigilantes. Uh, we are going on to chapters. Let's try to remember here. Um, is it 13, 14, and 15, I believe? Yes, it is. 13, 14, and 15. Um, here uh, in chapter 13, it is really just uh, Kochi. Uh, meeting back up with his uh with his teacher and trying you know she's trying to learn more on her study on the whole vigilante thing and the assignment for that day here in in chapter 13 is 
to find out what the public thinks of the vigilantes. And um, so they go around asking a whole bunch of people and comes up basically to, uh, it's so funny because uh, they still can't get uh, Kochi's vigilante name right. They call him Crueler Man. Uh, and so uh, the data they collected on him was that he's creepy. Uh, let's let's actually let me zoom in here because I am on a. Oh wait no, uh, I'm on the browser so I can't really see all that well. Um, there we go. Creepy, uh, unsettling and creepy. Seems like a nice guy, but creepy. Helpful, but creepy. <laughs> uh, and then. With Pop Step, everybody thought about her butt, cute and uh, embarrassing. And then uh, the uh, the old man, of course, uh, the master of Kochi, uh, don't know him, scary, bad news, uh, someone to avoid, uh, is kind of like what everybody was wanting to talk about him with. And all of a sudden, uh, Kochi's teacher gets her laptop stolen by this, like guy who his his quirk i'm not really sure what his quirk is his quirk is soccer that's what it says here and so he's running dribbling a soccer and he has a penguin mask or i don't know if that's his actual like body you know you never know with these kinds of things but kochi immediately turns into his other persona uh the crawler he kind of gets his butt kicked but at the same time he's able to get his laptop back uh, will get the laptop back for his teacher, and the teacher hand gives him a handshake, and she says, "You're actually the crueler man, aren't you?" And you know the little caption for her quirk comes up, and it says, "Polygraph. It's only it only requires physical contact to avoid uh, to activate. With it, she can tell whether any statement is true or a lie." And he says, "Uh, no, I'm not." And it says, "Verdict: Truth." And it's funny because she's like, oh, crap. And, you know, it goes back because we know that she is the sister of the detective that is running that beat uh, for the vigilantes. And she's like, oh, man, I just felt like I had a really good lead. And now I don't know what I'm doing. And now she, uh, uh, Kochi goes, you know, back into the house where they're all hanging out. And he says, nobody really gets it. Besides, I'm never going to accept being called the crueler man. I'm the crawler, not crueler man. So when she asked, are you the crueler man? In his, in his mind's eye, in his heart, no, he's not. He's the crawler. So it wasn't a lie, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, in chapter 14, um, we see... Uh, it's it, Chapter 14 is called Major. And there's this new hero out and about. And his name is Captain Celebrity. And he kind of helps Crawler uh, at one point. Excuse me, I have the burps. And he immediately signs uh, an, uh, Kochi's All Might jacket. And we all know that Kochi is very, very possessive of this jacket. It means a whole lot to him. And he's like, well, why did you do that? He's like, oh, well, my signature is worth far more than that jacket could ever be, you know, even if it is all my, and he's like, well, I'm pretty sure the guy who owns the hoodie gets to decide what it's worth. And 
he's like and also all might are you serious he's he's got no style the way i see it he's nothing more than a muscle brandon oof and we learn that captain celebrity is from america that is very very interesting uh and to learn that he is from america uh freaking what's his name the master of the three um i always forget names but thankfully i have this cheat sheet right here i'm trying to find him now he is he is he is he is he is he is i know he's here somewhere where are the vigilantes come on uh, come on i'm right here. i'm almost there i'm almost there i'm almost there he is this is embarrassing always happens uh knuckle duster sorry knuckle duster does not like him whatsoever and basically he's saying that uh captain celebrity uh is no longer able to work as a hero in America because of all the lawsuits. And so that's why he's in Tokyo. And Kochi does not like him at all because of the incident that has already happened. And so, you know, there's a monster on the loose, you know, the next, uh, you know, in the next few pages. And Captain Celebrity does not want to do anything about it. Until he has the okay from his PR team when the cameras are rolling and, you know, people can see that he is actually doing something, you know, live. And so he it's a big publicity stunt for him. But, uh, of course, the crawler is not like that. And so he jumps into action immediately. There is apparently somebody he needs to go save. And he finds out that it's a dog. And so when he grabs this dog, he is about to, you know, save him. But there's some debris about to fall onto the crawler, and a celebrity ends up saving him again, and then signs the back of the jacket. And, you know, crawler again gets super pissed about it. Um, the next chapter, again, is a continuation of this whole celebrity, uh, Captain Celebrity thing. It's called Playboy. And, you know... We see him being a jerk once again in front of Crawler. And we also learn that the uh, teacher of of Kochi is actually on this new cheerleader squad that Captain Celebrity has. And, you know, Cla- Captain Celebrity invites her to go have lunch. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you should make it a restaurant with a, you know, with a whole view of the city. And I can sweep you off your fl- feet and fly us up there. You know, and it's so funny because Knuckle Duster comes out of nowhere talking to Crawler and Popstep about how he is also, you know, uh, Captain Celebrity is just scum, you know, back in the States because he, most of these lawsuits that he's in is because of, you know, infidelity with his wife and stuff. So Captain Celebrity is married. And so uh, this teacher and... uh, and Captain Celebrity go out to eat, and they're talking, and then all of a sudden she gets a call, and it's his wife. And he's like, oh, crap, uh, I, I gotta go take care of that robbery. And he goes and takes care of the robbery, and then, incidentally, uh, freaking Kochi was in the crowd with this whole robbery thing. Uh, Celebrity grabs him, takes pictures while, you know, with him included with dinner and saving him and, like, flying or whatever, 
and he's like, oh yeah, honey, did you uh, did you get the pictures? See, it's it's not just me and this woman. It's just me and this other kid. You know, whatever. And then uh, it changed his whole P- it changes his whole PR stunt. And of course, the chapters that we will read next week will probably continue this whole thing. Really, really funny stuff. Um, but yeah, this whole Captain Celebrity is a pretty big jerk. He does not look like a great guy. Um, but I'm interested to see how this all goes. Um, I'm sure there will be a life lesson for Kochi in this whole thing. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into the last book we're going to be talking about, of course. That is uh, Rurouni Kinchin. And let's go ahead and jump into that right now. Rurouni Kinchin chapter, or yeah, I mean, it is chapters, but in here they're calling them Acts. Acts 34, 35, and 36 is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, you know, in chapter 34, we learn that uh, Kyrie is wanting to go train at a different dojo. This is apparently something that she does, like, every so often. Um, and she convinces Kinshin to come with her. Uh, but we also see that there is uh, some hooded figures, um, individuals, that take interest in this uh, dojo that Kairi and Kinshin are going to. And, you know, when Kairi arrives... Um, basically all these guys that are in the dojo, it is completely packed. It is packed. Um, they all stop fighting. They say hi, you know, they, they kind of take a rest and, you know, they're just, you know, being welcoming guests or, or welcoming, uh, uh, individuals because they are students of the dojo. And of course the sensei of the dojo comes out. It's a much older man. Uh, he has been, uh, dealing with swordsmanships since he was a child, apparently. And he has been, you know, he's, he's heard about Kenshin and about his strength. And he has had talks, uh, not, not with Kyrie, but with everybody else about how he wants to fight Kenshin. And Kyrie is kind of taken aback by this statement. And he's like, oh, well, don't be offended by it. You know, this is something that swordsmen just do to, you know, really talk about their own strength. Uh, and so he really does want to, you know, fight Kenshin just to see how strong he really is. And, you know, they kind of have this gaze at one point. And, uh, you know, Kenshin doesn't necessarily, like, flinch. And... And this older man immediately notices uh, the deepness of his eyes, uh, meaning that he has seen some stuff in his day. Um, And, you know, it jumps to Kyrie like, training these young men that are in this dojo. And this older gentleman is talking to Kenshin. He's like, you know, I'm really glad that Kyrie comes here because, you know, she... Uh, She actually brings in a crowd. And it's, you know, it's, it's hard to say that I genuinely like want this because it kind of I'm kind of exploiting her to to bring more people to my dojo and Kenshin's like oh well I I completely understand that uh but you know this is also hype you know this is kind of helping her dojo as well so you know uh, help and be helped and that's when this huge hooded figure that we had seen before comes in and kind of disrespectfully and he immediately wants to fight 
the owner of this dojo. Uh, that's the end of the first uh, chapter, uh, chapter 34. And so the older man, he's like, okay, yeah, you know what? Fine. I, I, I will accept your challenge, but the only way we will fight is we will have to fight uh, with the... Uh, uh, with the Shinai or the Shinai, uh, which are the uh, the wooden swords, and you know there uh, there's this kid, um, his name is uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Sukayama Utaru who is the apprentice of this big dude that wants to fight the older gentleman. And, you know, he very much has a mouth just like Yahiko. So, you know, they kind of get at it throughout this entire endeavor. Uh, but, you know, Kairi decides to judge the match. and Because the older man says, okay, best two out of three, basically. And this big dude uh, takes two hits to really knock this guy down to his knees uh and he's like I'll be all right I'll be all right you know you know there's still two matches to go and you know they start the first they start the second match and again boom right off the top of his head he goes down and he uh this bigger dude is about to attack the older man, you know, because his, in his thinking, you know, in a real sword fight, uh, back in the day, there was no rounds, you know, it was killed or be killed. And this is where Kinchin, you know, intervenes. He's like, no, you will, you will not do anything to this man. This match is over. Uh, and he's like, you know, people have lost, you know, their, their means of respect, through the sword, except for one person, and he eyes down uh, Kinshin. And that leads us to the last chapter uh, that we're going to be talking about today, uh, The Secret Sword. And, uh, you know, uh, Kinshin does accept a fight between this man, of course, with the Shinai as well. And Kinshin uh, immediately starts the, you know, and this bigger dude, he says, yes, I will fight you but it will only be one round uh and so Kenshin you know hit gets his ready stance and starts to dodge all these attacks from this dude and Kyrie immediately notices she's like that's nothing Kenshin usually Kenshin is usually way faster and he would never miss the opportunity to attack after those giant swings. And she says, first off, he wouldn't take the position of Sigan. He'd take Mugyo, uh, so he could strike either left or right. And it, it's really cool because it explains the two techniques. Uh, Mugyo is the position uh, with the sword down with one hand, which we see him do all the time. It kind of, he, he positions his... Uh, Usually when they show it, I believe it's his left foot behind him with his right foot in front of him with his right hand uh, either uh, already down with his sword or at least on his uh, sheath. And then the Sagan pose that he took here in this fight 
is a middle stance where he was holding both hands on the sword and just pointing it basically at his enemy. And this bigger individual then all of a sudden uh, takes a huge hit. Like, he, he swings down on Kenshin. And Kenshin dodges it. But it breaks Kenshin's uh, Shinhai uh, in half and has a crack inside of the wooden floor. And, like, this dude is actually, like, he he himself is, like, surprised. And you're like, why would he be surprised? And he actually tells his, like, little uh, follower, like, come forward, we're leaving. And the kid notices that this big dude is sweating. Like, why would he sweat? What's going on? And Kenshin is like, well, that was no mere, you know, swing. That was, you know, this technique. And if it was a real sword, uh, uh, he says, not like a, like, not, no, not like a sword. A sword would never cut so sharply. If he used what, uh, that move with a real sword, he could cut a diamond in half. No ordinary showboat fighter could do that. Who is this Asurgi uh, Raijuta is his name. And that is the end of the chapter. So I'm sure we are going to get a legitimate fight between the two with real swords. Because that's just how these things end. Um, but I'm curious. I'm curious to see what this guy's background is. Uh, and I'm enjoying it. Of course, I am biased because Kenshin is one of my favorite animes. Um, and it is on HBO Max, so I'm definitely thinking about restarting it. Um, I was re- uh, I did watch the first like three or four episodes in concurrency with when I was recording uh, the first three chapters, uh, but then I fell off. Uh, I might you know go back and, and watch up to the point where we are at in recording. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you so much guys for uh, sticking it out with me here on the Saturday show. Uh, please subscribe, share the podcast with any of your anime and manga friends. Um, remember, you can find me at uh, fanboyclay on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can also email the show at fanboycomicspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, please tell me how much I suck at the podcast. Um, give some p- feedback about the books that we are talking about. And, uh, you know, anything else. Uh, and if you are familiar with the Anchor app, you can always send me a voicemail and I can put it into the show. And, you know, we can make a discussion out of it. But with that, guys, thank you so much again. And I will see you guys next week on the Thursday show. You are